Alright, so to understand where we are, we have to understand uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth the First. So no, buckle up, I don't guys. Want this is going to take a while. I don't want to understand. I don't um, care about the death of you see, any queen. This ushered in what we call the Jacobean era of okay. theater and literature, uh, which is characterized by uh, weak female characters and, of course, lots of deaths. Now, let's ignore the fact that Titus Andronicus was written when Elizabeth I was still technically alive and well. I often like to ignore things that go against my point. Why are we opening the podcast with a discussion of the world's most boring subject matter? No, it could get more boring. Who we could talk about cares? how Hamlet is Shakespeare specifically going back to Seneca I don't give a and talking about his dead son, Hamlet. What I would uh, like to, yes. That's true, Hamlet. But what I would like to talk about here is anything but fucking Queen Elizabeth. Huh. Butt fucking. You said butt fucking that's, Queen Elizabeth. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's enough to get you on trial in the tower at the very least. Yeah. Um, Oi, butt fucking Queen Elizabeth. Boy, guy over here thinks he could go bug our queen. <laughs> <laughs> Put his head on the bridge. Uh, I'm sorry, did someone say Richard Burbage? No, I said put his head on the bridge. Oh, I thought you said Richard Burbage. No, I'm sorry, I got bad news. London Bridge is falling down. Oh, God. <laughs> so Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast in the world unafraid to butt fuck the Queen of England. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's, and I do want to say I'm in the minority, but I am afraid to butt fuck the Queen of England. That's fair. I mean, look, yeah. she's obviously a power bottom, and that has some consequences. <laughs> Shakespeare also was a power bottom with consequences. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Josh? Syphilis. We're talking about Shakespeare. Everybody's favorite topic. The the most overrated playwright in the world, according to some. Are you some, Josh? I'm fine with Shakespeare. I think Shakespeare... I think it might be presumptuous, but fair to say that the position of everyone in this podcast is that Hamlet is good, actually. Yeah, it's a good play. It's a good play. Like, and we like yeah. the play. What we are going to be talking about on this installment of the podcast is the play, Hamlet, a little bit. Mm. But more specifically, we are going to be looking at the film Hamlet from 2000 starring Ethan Hawke. And buckle the in, folks. The only time that Hamlet has been made into a film. <laughs> the only time. We don't, we don't, Just we don't speak of the others. Uh uh, it was directed by Michael Almereda, uh, and uh, it's colloquially known as Hamlet 2000, which I can't get the Simpsons joke out of my head. <laughs> it of, came out in 2000, and it's also set in the modern day. And it is one of the, actually, the probably the most 2000s movies I've ever seen. Like, I, I've seen a lot of movies, obviously, that are set around that time, you yeah. know, sort of the turn of the millennium or whatever. I would argue that this movie is one of the most of its time which is which was the point it was this film was designed mm -hmm. to really take the classic play Hamlet that you know and love and update it a little bit this movie is filmed by uh, honestly a, a really lovely cinematographer John de Borman nice um, <laughs> he's close. the best of all possible Bormans yes <laughs> well, it's like the second or third movie that Jason Blum produced uh, of oh. Blumhouse. Oh, really? That Blum. Yeah. 
Yeah, the guy who's like a billionaire and now every movie produced is by Jason Blum. Um, the 90s, for whatever reason, saw an explosion of Shakespeare movies. Right. 1991 kicked it off with Hamlet, uh, directed by uh, Zeffirelli, the guy who did the 70s Romeo and Juliet that we all watched in high school and had the teacher fast forward through that nude scene with the underage actors. <laughs> yes, uh, also the barber uh, in Sweeney Todd that tries to uh, blackmail yes. Sweeney and meets an untimely end. Um, that movie suck is bad. Like Mel Gibson is Hamlet. Oh, that's the Gibson one, yeah. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter is Ophelia, which is oh, actually kind of fun. Then, of course, we get Kenneth Branagh's career, and he does a Hamlet as well a couple years earlier. We'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that might re- require its own episode just because of how much uh, we hate it. Yeah. Um, so you had a bunch of Branagh movies, Much Ado, whatever. Right. Which were very like traditional to the text. Like His whole thing was like, let's right. get every single word of this onto the screen in and, some and, capacity. And, and, and the Much Ado movie is very cute. Like it's Much Ado's great. Yeah. yeah. Keanu Reeves is miscast, but it's that's pronounced it. Machado. Then in, what, what is it, 96, do we get the Baz Luhrmann Romeo plus Juliet? That's how that's how Almereda made a movie that he wanted to make, but was able to pitch it to the studios as a cheap cash in to try to grab onto Baz Luhrmann fever. And right. I think actually made spoilers for my thoughts about Hamlet 2000, but like an infinitely better movie. I don't think it's hard to do that. Um, there are aspects of our. Of course, that like was that. starring Leo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Yeah. And what really matters is Mercutio. Yes. The the movie does Mercutio very very well. Who is Mercutio and, in that uh, one? I've I haven't I've never been able to make it past the first fifteen minutes because that's how much I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> it's like Jamie Kennedy just will not get off the screen. The bite your thumb scene, which I still am convinced was the inspiration for the at least in part for the gas station scene in Zoolander. For some reason, it just feels very <laughs> similar to me. Oh fuck! Uh, right? I think you might be right. Um, it's Harold Harold Perrineau who plays Mercutio. Okay. He's fucking fabulous. He was, and um, he was really great on Lost, and Lost really did him dirty, I thought. Oh, um, really? Just, they just had him scream Walt every other scene, and he was actually a really good actor, and then they really screwed his character oh, over. Oh, that yeah, guy. He, he, I mean, okay. he's mostly he's mostly a TV actor, but that turn, that should have, I don't know, made him a bigger star than Leonardo DiCaprio, honestly. Yeah. The, the Really, the takeaway from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and the thing that made it so sensational at the time, is, you know, from the open where you've got the two households alike in dignity, you know, that's a newscaster. And then they immediately yeah. come ooh. The, ooh. And then they, and it's a modern newscaster on a modern television. And then they immediately cut from the newscaster to the yeah. uh, dare you bite your thumb at me thing. And again, it's like these guys and they're cool guys. And, and again, they're, you know, it's, and it's they have it's, sword guns. And they have, they have guns <laughs> yeah. of they the brand sword. sword. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And by awesome, I mean horrible. Yeah, um, bad. I, they should have just changed it to gun. They should have just said the word they gun. They should have said the word gun. But again, they, they yeah. couldn't because there was this weird thing of like, we need to be very literal about yeah. the text while still doing a really, really hackneyed job of bringing it into the 20th century. And so we have actually like this long history of modern Hamlets, starting with an American movie of all things. So in 1945, a B movie called Strange Illusion comes out. Do you like jazz? Jimmy Lydon, Sally Eilers, Warren William, a bunch of nobodies. This is a low-grade film about like the lieutenant governor of California getting assassinated and his son figuring that out. There's another modern adaptation that comes out in 59 called The Rest is Silence, which is a German film. That tracks. With a name like The Rest is Silence. So I, I haven't seen either of these two movies. Uh, the Rest is Silence seems to focus on the presence 
of Nazis in contemporary Germany at the time. Okay. People wow. who were still holding power in Western Germany who were definitely Nazis who had not been prosecuted, who weren't being rooted out of the system of power. Sure. The next adaptation came just, what, 60 or 61 in another Axis power, former Axis power, uh, The Bad Sleep Well by Akira Kurosawa. Which is a lovely movie that will break your brain if you try and put it directly into Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of that film watching it being like, okay, but who's Claudius and yeah, who no, it doesn't, is Rosencrantz? It doesn't work. It does not fit. <laughs> At all. Like, he took all the good bits he wanted and then just threw out the rest. Uh-huh. It takes pieces of it. There's an Ophelia-type character who goes insane, but that's just illustrated by her showing up in the last scene and the Laertes character saying, she's insane now. <laughs> Looks exactly the same. And in the 1980s, and this is the movie that's the actual direct inspiration for Almereda's Hamlet, Hamlet Goes Business, a Finnish movie by the legendary producer Aki Korismaki. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but uh, no Finn will ever listen to this podcast. I know that for a fact. They're too busy with their <laughs> hydraulic presses and their folk metal. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that the Finns listen. I'm going to I'm going to find the Finns and I'm going to bring them over and I'm going to tell them that one of my co-podcasters is a dirty Swede. Well, this is a factor in the Finnish Hamlet. Actually. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Uh, this movie fucking rocks. This is the best Hamlet movie I've seen in my entire life. Whoa. And I'll just give you like a small rundown of what happens. First of all, uh, course, Mackey says, oh, yeah, I just read Hamlet once right before I decided to write this script. That's definitely not true because there are some conversations that do line for line match up with Hamlet, the the comedic conversations where Hamlet's pretending to be crazy. Sure. Oh, but sure. everything else is completely split up. Beat for beat, it kind of follows the plot structure of Hamlet, but everything is weird. People who love each, each other now hate each other. People who were best friends like Hamlet and Horatio. Horatio is now his driver, and Hamlet's telling him, oh yeah, I'm going to be pretending to be crazy now because mm. I saw the ghost of my father, and he's like, I don't care. I don't care. Why are you talking to me? So it basically just like takes all of your expectations and yeah. subverts them. And so Hamlet Goes Business, it's shot in black and white. It's in the 80s. And it's about this like lumber mill company that is looking at possibly getting a hostile takeover from some Swedish like rubber duck magnate. Yeah. And that's why uh, in Hamlet 2000, uh, Julia Stiles, when she's returning all of Hamlet's yeah. letters, she also takes out a little rubber ducky. And so like Hamlet is is introduced in a kitchen and there's a woman like one of their maids just cutting a ham and he goes, ham, let me. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's and he, kind of movie. Got he it. cuts off a slice of ham, this huge, thick slice of ham, and then he's just carrying it around, just eating it out of his own hand. So he's this like pig. Yeah. Ophelia purely wants to marry him for uh, the purposes of getting his inheritance. Mm-hmm. And so she won't have sex with him, and he all he cares about is just banging her once. Well, I mean, it reveals Hamlet as fuckboy, which I think is actually yeah. in the well, text. Yeah, and that's the thing. Oh, yeah. It's just like everybody in this story is just a terrible goon. You don't love any of them. I won't say anything more about the movie, but there is a death scene that is one of the funniest I've ever seen in any movie. Very dry, very weird Finnish humor, and you should absolutely go out and and watch that movie as well. Before we serve up the movie and talk about what it was that we liked or disliked about it, you know, the reason that we do this show 
is we are interested in interrogating popular culture. Sometimes it's really popular stuff that sucks ass. Sometimes it's stuff that is not so popular that sort of sucks ass or is interesting in other ways. We try to we try to take that pop culture, interrogate it, figure out if it's something that has interest to it, why it couldn't quite pull off the thing maybe that it was trying to do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really the thrust of our conversation today. The biggest key to understanding this era is understanding the 90s. And as Hamlet is a movie that came out in 2000, it is a movie fundamentally about the 90s. And the next movie that we'll watch for the next episode is also fundamentally about the 90s. And I think we never really came to grips with what was going on in that era because 2001 rolls around 9-11 happens and then we get caught in complete insanity right for years afterwards that we're only now even starting to acknowledge (laughs) yeah and then we have to find the layers of what goes behind it and i think this is a very worst of all possible worlds kind of movie in the mood that it sets and the 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 venue that it tries to live in for a little while so let's talk about that uh you know the movie starts off with the uh what a what is it what a piece of work is a man what a almereta is terrified of technology and i think as a culture at 2000 we had just like gotten past the y2k scare and so there's something like simmering in the background of this movie right there's always there's always a screen of some kind uh in the background of every shot there's always a monitor or there's always some sort of tv playing uh that sort of haunts over the whole i'm gonna disagree with this idea that he's terrified of technology i think for almereda it's an addiction Mm. that he is always trying to i think he's very excited by it because you see throughout the movie the different ways that he uses screens everyone is looking through screens there's always a TV on in the background and what's on the TV is always important and he specifically has Hamlet going around and you see video footage right at the beginning when he's giving the two two solid flesh speech. Hamlet's going around with a pixel vision camera, PXL 2000, which is a bizarre device. It was made by Fisher Price. It was literally supposed to be a toy. What it, and so you, you see it's black and white. It's got, it's, it's got a very, very low resolution image. That camera is made to work with audio cassette tapes. Really? <laughs> like the stuff that Adventures in Odyssey is on. So you that's that that's slide that, that into that, your that camera. Then is the the super duper lo-fi aesthetic yeah. comes from the fact that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of space yeah. on that tape for the day. And it's important because Almereda made his first movie, Another Girl, Another Planet, with a Pixel Vision camera. Okay, okay. The entire movie, which was a big thing in the early 90s. Uh, I think Gus Van Sant worked with it. Soderbergh did some with a Pixel Vision. So we've gone from Almereda making a movie on a Pixel Vision to having his protagonist carrying a Pixel Vision and a little Pixel Vision editor around with him wherever he goes. And we then, of course, see Hamlet, played by Ethan Hawke, uh, schlep that very camera in with him to a press conference that is being held by, of course, his uncle, Claudius. Now, for those of you who are not totally familiar with Hamlet the play, worth noting, the way that they frame this up at the beginning is recut a little bit compared to the original. Yeah. Uh, in the original... The first scene is the ghost appears on the ramparts to the guards, to Horatio, to the and they say, yeah. we gotta go find Hamlet. Right. It's, it's, it's probably Shakespeare's best first scene. I think Shakespeare productions always suck in the first scene because you just get flooded 
with exposition. a shit ton of exposition oh, that you can't and understand. It, it, ironically, <laughs> I feel like the way that they cut the script actually makes the mistake that so mm-hmm. many of Shakespeare's plays make in their original iteration, which is it front yeah. loads it with exposition. Yeah. We don't and know. And the nice thing about Hamlet, the play, is that you actually get to get used to the language yes. before the exposition happens. And you're right. This movie has removed that and so we're stuck with the exposition at the top. Ethan Hawke as Hamlet coming into a press conference with Kyle MacLachlan as Claudius and he, reprising his role from the Flintstones movie. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Kyle MacLachlan is talking about how he is taking over the kingdom of Denmark, which in this film, because it was the 90s, Denmark is the name of a corporation. Denmark Corp, baby. <laughs> they make Denmarks. The logo of Denmark Corporation is uh, an abstract rendering of the Globe Theater. Oh, is that true? Yeah. It's a little wooden O that has a globe in the middle of it. So there so, we go. So then so then. <laughs> After this, um, you know, Laertes, who we will later learn is going to be a key figure later on, says hi to Claudius after the, the press conference. And then who shows up but motherfucking Bill Murray yeah. as Polonius. Yeah. Uh, the most divisive figure, I think, uh, in this film, at least amongst uh, the hosts of this podcast. Yeah. But I will say that uh, prior to taping, I was a bigger defender of Bill Murray from my memory. And then actually going <laughs> back and rewatching his performance, I went, oh, oh, no, he doesn't know the lines. <laughs> when you hear it the first time, you think Bill Murray is Polonius. That's great. They know that Polonius is supposed to be funny, which mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of productions forget for some reason. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's funny, but he can't do it. He's not up to the task. And he, from the very first scene, he looks incredibly uncomfortable everywhere that he goes in this movie. Yeah, it looks like he's really trying to remember the lines. And there's a thing like you can tell if whenever you're watching an actor who's struggling with lines, I I always get like incredibly anxious uh, because I can mm-hmm. see them like darting through their head and trying to remember them. And then I can't yeah. actually watch their performance because I'm like, oh, he, I'm seeing a person like trying to remember as opposed to like living in the moment. I think also the root of how Bill Murray's sense of humor works just doesn't fit with Polonius. Like he's either good at playing someone who's always very self-aware and commenting on the situation that he's in or a totally far gone imbecile like in Caddyshack. Mm. A film um, I've never seen because I'm scared to. The the little the little scenes with the gopher are, are kind of Looney Tunes ish, which is fun. But the rest of the movie's not that great um but bill murray as polonius polonius has to be all bluster he has to be so certain of everything that he's doing and he's not he's not just like completely mush-brained uh idiot he's just so certain of everything that he says that the actual truth just sails right past him because he can't look at it. Uh, what is exactly his relate? He's like a friend. He's, he's a, the advisor. Well, so, he's advisor. So like in the in the play, Polonius is something akin to like a, a prime minister right. or or a councilman or something. He is he is a, a close sycophant to the king. He is like maybe the second most powerful family in in the nation. Right. And also Polonius has a daughter whose name is Ophelia and Hamlet has the hots for Ophelia. And that's going to be important later on. And it, there's some implication that he and Ophelia had a previous relationship of right. some kind that has had yeah, a recent it, falling out. Hard to know. So, so Hamlet, Hamlet left and he's been going to school somewhere else uh, in Wittenberg and then he's come back. But his and Ophelia's relationship has been ongoing. And they've, sent, they've been sending each other a lot of letters too. That's a big yeah, part of it. And Polonius is not a big fan of that. He knows what men are like. They're going to deflower his right. daughter. And Laertes is also very 
concerned about Laertes is Polonius's son, the yeah. brother to Ophelia's Ophelia. brother. Who is very worried uh, about his sister's uh, deflowering as well. In in this movie, he is played by Liev Schreiber. Who I would argue is giving the one performance that feels the most Shakespearean. I disagree. You know? I fucking hated it. But we'll get to no, that. No, 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 no. Well, that, that's what I mean. It's like, it's oh. very like, I'm set. It, what is it? Apple crate Shakespeare or uh, barrel Shakespeare where you put one leg up on a barrel and it's like to be or not to be. Right. Like that's yeah. that's what it, he's, he's the only one in the movie. That the feels tone that of way. the movie overall, and it's worth noting, is. I mean, yes, it's Shakespeare, but it is very much Shakespeare in the modern day. You yeah. know, they are speaking in a, in a in a tone that I would say is heightened. They are aware of the the, the cadence at which, yeah. you know, iambic pentameter works. But and I think this is part of where the movie suffers is that it doesn't come down on a, a fixed definition of how it wants these deliveries to happen. Which, right. So Bill yeah. Bill Murray is completely in the dark. Like, I think it's largely a failure on Almereda's part, yeah. not just for casting I agree. him, but I, I saw for it as not a directing, directing issue him. more than an acting issue, personally. Um, yeah. And and Ethan Hawke oftentimes will give, uh, like, when he sees the ghost, he says, you know, be thou a uh, spirit of health or goblin damned, be thy intents, blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying that to the ghost, the ghost is still on the balcony, and so he's directed into having to just say, say it, it idly right. as he's making his way to the door to talk to the ghost. Right. I do like the Marcellus and Bernardo scene where they kind of do it as a flashback and they show the security footage. Again, you see screens and you see cameras and you see that's how the ghost appears. Everyone points out the Pepsi One machine. I pointed out. I took, I took it down in my notes. The fucking Pepsi <laughs> One machine. It's fucking yeah. meant. It's ghost really cool. Just, it is funny because Pepsi One is like the perfect 90s product. Apparently the day that they were shooting that scene. Uh, somebody who was on set said to Almereda when they were looking into the security footage, this reminds Uh me of Scooby-Doo. And he's like, I didn't take that as an insult. I took it (laughs) as inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) And I was Um, like, yeah, that's the kind of person I want helming my Shakespeare. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Thanks for listening to this preview of our premium episode on Hamlet. Now, if you'd like to hear the whole thing, then why don't you get your two two solid flesh to subscribe to our Patreon? And where's the beauteous majesty of Denmark, you may be asking? Well, it's right here with our sponsors on Patreon. That includes Aeneas Hemphill, Ari Rodriguez, Ben Ferber, Benjamin R. Alford, Bill, Davis Vandesteeg, Dominic Russo, Nate Netsley, Octavia Immersive, Trevor Strunk, with special thanks to Ashley Stoneman, Nikola Donov, Sam Borman, and Timmy Sexton. All right, folks. The rest is silent.